Hi, my name is Fritzi Horstman and welcome to Compassion in Action. Today's guest is Betsy Politan, and she's like a world-renowned breathing and movement specialist. And she really teaches you to how to embody yourself, how to get into your body. And so we spend some time in this um, podcast and YouTube video doing some exercises. So if you're listening to this, you won't be able to see kind of when I get into my body. She has this uncanny knack of really seeing when suddenly things shift in you. And it's, it's like micro, like she gets into this micro, um, micro analysis that I didn't even know something shifted and she can see it. So if you have time and you liked the podcast and you aren't able to see it, go to the website and, and see it later um, or just watch it on YouTube. In any event, um, this is a little bit about Betsy and I hope you enjoy this podcast. I think she's, she's a stunning human. Betsy Politan, MFA SEP is an internationally recognized breathing and movement specialist. She's been teaching for more than 40 years and is currently a master lecturer at Boston University's College of Fine Arts. Her work is greatly influenced by the Alexander Technique, somatic experiencing, breathing coordination, and the teachings of spiritual and meditation masters. Betsy Politan, welcome to Compassion in Action. It is such an honor to have you with us. Your work uh, with Peter Levine, with the people you work with in somatic healing, in the Alexander Technique. Um, actually, can you just give us a give us a rundown of how you got into this work and and how you started? Sure. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you. It's absolutely a pleasure um, to be part of this project and to. Um, have some input as to how uh, we think about what's going on in prisons, et cetera. So I, I wanna thank you sincerely for inviting me to be part of it. That's important. Thank you. Yeah, so how far back to go? <laughs> uh, well, I'll, yeah, I'll go briefly. When I was younger, I was a dancer and I enjoyed moving movement and I became interested in not so much presentational movement, but just how the body functions, how your shoulder moves, how, how you move so you don't get injured, how uh, flow happens, where restrictions happen. And, and so I, I, I worked in that field for many years and that drew me to the Alexander Technique, which is a rather specific form of how we think about how we move and, um, and includes, you know, what you're thinking about and uh, processing. And I was doing that for many years. And I somehow, probably maybe because of my dance background, I'm not really sure, ended up working in the performance world. That became very exciting and interesting for me. I worked with singers. I, I taught at Berkeley College of Music. I worked with jazz musicians for years, uh, 25 years actually. And, um, and so how, what we're doing with our body affects the music that happens. And so, and now I'm on the faculty at Boston University teaching in music, but also in acting. My first book is called The Actor's Secret. And it's about, I'll just say something about that here, that we, it is written for actors, but we're all actors. We're all playing roles. You know, it's like the uh, Shakespearean quote that we're all actors and uh, having different roles in life and how that changes. So, I was doing, you know, working with actors and Alexander Technique for a long time. And then it seemed that some people would change, some people would, you know, like, oh, we'll go back to music, sing a song and what was stuck got freed and they could sing it freely and move. And it was like, whoa, that's really expressing from inside. And other people, it didn't. And so, 
I wondered what's, why is somebody not changing? Why is somebody, why can't somebody maintain a change? And I read Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine more than 20 years ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, trauma? Like, do I need to find out about this? And I did. So more than 20 years ago, I entered the somatic experiencing training uh, with Peter. And uh, to me, it's just been fascinating since that how every thought, movement, activity, emotion, uh, you know, it just makes me like, whoa, uh, experience we have, something of it is in our bodies and we can tend to it there. And the, the Shakespearean quote I was thinking of before is of course, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. And that's kind of where we are and how do we change those roles? And that can be applied to everybody and anybody. I just wanna pick up on one of the things you said, you said, um what we're doing with our body allows the music to come come out of us kind of like we all have a song to sing exactly but what's locked in but what's locked in our bodies is preventing us from singing our song exactly yes that that that's exactly what's happening and one of the things that i find so interesting is that we know it's in there there's this sense of you know, I know I can do this. And yet, when we go to do it, it doesn't always come out. And my work is around helping seeing what's in the way of you speaking your truth or singing your song to come out because it's there. It's like, can I, I'll give you one example of, um, so I was working with a jazz uh, piano player, an excellent, excellent player. And jazz players, you know, uh, do a lot of what they call improvisation. But sometimes the improvisation is kind of the same improvisation over and over again. <laughs> and so I was working with this very accomplished player and we did something of moving his shoulders and having his breath and, you know, different things that I pay attention to or help people with. And he played and then it was like, and what he said was, after the changes in my physicality, I heard more notes to choose from. And that's what we're all looking for because the notes are in there and the trauma just, so how can we, and we know from the neuroscience and from different people doing different work. And I know from my own work that we can find our own notes. We can find a way to have them come out. Yeah. And um, yeah, so let me go to the quote that I, Told sure. you I had pulled. I have a couple of them, but yeah. you say not only is movement necessary to heal, but how you move is crucial to healing, and not to not and to not having to repeat that same pattern. If you continue to neglect connecting your feet to the ground, you will continue to feel like you need to hold yourself up. As you hold yourself up, you will feel like you need to do it all. Instead, realize that you are held by the earth and that the life force is coursing within and around you to help you feel supported as you relate to others and your own expanded self. And I just found that, first of all, connecting to the ground just seems like an alien thing for me. A lot right. of the things you teach seem very alien and difficult because I think what you're asking is that I slow down and actually feel something. Maybe not necessarily. So right now, can you have, do you have some sense of your feet? Yeah, now I do it. They're, um, they're crossed. That's fine. However they are. Some, I'll, I'll put it this way. For all of us, somehow, somewhere, 
we are connected to the planet. Nobody that I've ever met has anything worked out where we're not attached to the planet for very long, right? So whatever, wherever you connect to the planet, that's where you receive what I call the support. And it doesn't, you can do it in any position, anytime, any speed, anywhere. There's what's under me, I'm supported there. End of story. What happened just then for that very split second? Uh, I, I felt more supported. I exactly. Yes. And that's, that's, that's all it is. To have moments of feeling more supported tells your system, I can be more supported. And then the other will come in and I'll hold myself up and I'll run around. And then again, another time I'll remind myself, you know, we are, we are the earth that we, we are connected. We are supported is this beautiful, I mean, this is, a, if I may say, what distinguishes my work from a, any other work that I've seen presented in the trauma field is that I do talk about the internal organization of our connection to the planet. Now, many people talk about grounding. And what I see most people doing with that is some sense of going down, grounding down. But my idea is very different. It's not that. My idea is what we just did. It's you connect to what's under you in order to receive support or something upward that connects you. And that's a different idea. And I think it's <laughs> crucial. It, and it was a micro uh, like adjustment, but it really, if, and I think that's the thing about trauma for me is I'm so afraid to feel. I'm so afraid to be in my body. I'm, I'm a workaholic, so I'll, I'll power through things without giving myself a break. Or, right? Uh, how does, how does a tr person, a trauma survivor, or someone like me, reconnect to the body which has been traumatized? Right, right. It's again, it's it's like I said, part of it is that that moment of just what we just did. What's under me? Where am I connected? Yeah, there it is again. Because you took a breath. Because when your system is supported, there's a moment of opening. That's what I call the expanded self. And there's the breath. So in that moment, your system learned something, learned, like turn the channel. And what to relate that to what we talked about a moment ago, so that inner, your inner song had a, a slight opening to come out. Yes, and, and the thing that's so interesting about diving into all of this trauma information is like the gut i've my instincts are in my gut but yes. i haven't had any access to it but now that i'm starting to can you talk about the gut and why it's so important and yes yeah well let's talk about it without leaving where we were a moment ago because what happens is if we look at the gut or the belly you know, here's the belly and the legs come right out of that. You know, it's like the tank is here and the pipes go right down to the ground if we're standing or sitting actually. And in that moment of support, there's that slight opening that reaches the, the, the gut. Well, I'll come back to that. So when something difficult happens, that's uh, shocking. It's like, oh, my gut just tightens. And for, you know, you have enough of those and you got that, which turns into all kinds of 
illnesses with, you know, gut problems, so to speak. So, so you've, you know, we've got this kind of gripping, but in that moment of coming in touch with my support, that support comes up through my ankles, through my knees, through my hip joints, into my lower torso. And there's a slight moment of that. And belly gets to move a little bit with your breath. And again, there's a message that says, oh, I'm moving now. Because before the tightness says, oh, this is not, well, we go into the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, you know, uh, has attachments here in your face, in your heart and lungs and in your belly. And when what we were talking about before is a tightening in your belly and that tightening when there's trauma, that message goes to the brain and says, uh, there's trouble because you're, you're tight. Because the messages from the brain to the belly are I think 10% or 20, say 20%. And the messages from your belly to your brain are 80%. So that tightening in your belly is going to go up and say, hey, there's trouble. But now that you've had the moment of support and your belly just is moving a little bit, the message goes up to your brain and says, oh, it's kind of okay. You can take a look around now. Yeah and just see what happens with that. And this is a this is a now moment. And I want to connect to the now moment instead of the then moment which most people kind of live in. Right. I it's you know, it's a form of PTSD I would say that I have uh and uh you know, hypervigilant. It's but it's so if the if the gut is sending 80% of the information to the brain and that's of constriction, the song can't come out. Totally can't. Why would it? <laughs> Why would it? But the, again, the interesting thing to me is it doesn't go away. It doesn't, right. the song doesn't stop. The music doesn't stop. So, and what I'm learning and what I've learned from Peter Levine and just a lot of reading is that it's these little bits that we start training our body to, what is that? The expanded self. We start showing the body glimpses of the expanded self. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And the expanded self includes the body, mind, emotion, spirit. You know, there's no separation of any of that. And that's a really important piece of it is that um, you, can't, you can't separate things like that. We're, we're, we're a cohesive unit. Right, I was walking this morning, I was walking my dog and I, my mother always told me I had a bad posture. And I, of course I did, mom, of course. I was trauma, right. I was protecting myself. Stand up straight, she'd say. Right. But that means my heart's vulnerable. Right. But the thing is, the, the, the bad posture is not bad posture because it's appropriate for the given circumstances. I'm like this because I need to be, I, or I needed to be in a certain moment. I needed to protect myself and be this way and be braced. And so this is a very smart thing to do. It's not bad posture at all. As a matter of fact, it's a very good posture for the moment, <laughs> right? The, right, mom. Yeah, exactly. The difficulty is that that moment is past. And right now, I don't really need that. And of course, the issue is how do I get my system to recognize that in this moment, I'm fully capable of having my uprightness 
and there's no danger in this moment. Right, and so we go to prison though. Yes. There's so many, it's interesting, since I made the that short breathing video for you, I've been thinking about that, or since I have been introduced to your work, there's so many forms of prison. Yes. You know, it's not just people, I mean, not to diminish this at all, people in jail, you know, we are so imprisoned in ourselves, no matter where we are. So it's on so many, so many different levels. Of course, we've imprisoned our song, right? Right, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So moving in, in prison, as Stephen Porges says, you have to be safe to begin the process of healing. So what do we do? Is it um, counterintuitive to start making these moves? Um, well, I think that, you know, I was thinking about the, the idea of even bracing creates a, a, a prison. It creates a wall. And yes, it keeps out the so-called bad or overwhelm or dangerous person or thing, but it also keeps out everything else that might be pleasurable or loving or nurturing, right? So I often find it helpful to work with my own or you know everybody's own, the bracing pattern mm. and to learn my own bracing pattern and what that feels like and what it feels like physically or what it feels like emotionally or mentally, what thoughts come along with it or spiritually, am I connected to divinity when I'm in that or, or, or just, you know, all explorations of my own bracing pattern and that it's hard as you you've explained when you first started you said this stuff is overwhelming it's a lot it's uh, um i forget the word you used was uh i don't i'm not sure daunting or something like that yeah yeah because Again, if you don't bring in the universal forces of the planet, of the support, because what happens is we live in a gravitational field and the force of gravity comes this way and what we call anti-gravity comes this way. So the force of gravity is coming toward the planet. The planet is spinning, giving off a centrifugal force which comes up, something on the planet Trees grow upward, grass grows upward. Kids like wanna go verticality. There's something about that that's there. And when we are aware of this, meeting this, that's our connection to the planet. And when we have that, then the bracing pattern can open up for a split second, which is what you experienced. And there's some one note of the song can come out and then another time another note so that that's what again what i'm saying is is what sort of distinguishes my work is i i talk about those forces and i think that's a really important part of the change because with the bracing pattern i'm i'm braced well i'll go back one of the starts I think of the bracing pattern is when we're born and, you know, want to be, I'll just, you know, held or expect to be held and we're not. Hmm. And the message is I'm not held. The message is I got to hold myself up. And that starts very, very early if we don't really feel the nurturing and the being held and loved and, you know, which many, many of us don't, don't get that. So there's this very deep 
I have to hold myself up. Hmm. And the thing is, when I can't let that go, because if I let that go, I won't, I'll, I'll, I'll fall down. You know, that's the thinking. So when what I say is we go to the support and that I'm held and so that the pattern is replaced with support before the bracing can let go. Um, what you said was really, really like profound for me. Um, it, I had that decision when I was eight years old that I was in it on my own, that I had to do this by myself. Exactly. And basically I had to hold myself up and, yep. and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from doing this. Totally. And Makes perfect sense. Yes, it is exhausting. It's exhausting. And of course people have diseases because they've been holding themselves up. It's this it's the same thing of hypervigilance, right? It's just what's coming next. Right. What am how what I have to brace myself for the next disaster that's about to befall me. Yes, that's the pattern that's in place. That's the and pattern. It, yeah. And from my from my work, that's a big part of that isn't going to change until I have some sense basically of help from the universe. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a one person only job. It's, it's connection to the universal forces, which then allow a certain kind of relationship with others. So how, I mean, I know we did a little exercise. Is there another bracing intervention exercise. I don't know what the right thing to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you want to do a full version of the support one? A fuller version of that? And then we can do another one. I, I'm happy to do another one, but I'd like to really, if, if you want to personally explore this, let's that would, do that. Yes, that would be uh, yeah. amazing. You want to do it standing? Sure, I can do that. Okay, let's do that. Okay. And I'll talk you through it. Okay. Okay. So basically you can forget everything your mother told you about standing up straight. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, bring your attention to your feet, which is where your uprightness is going to come from. Uprightness doesn't come because we paste it on, which is what, you know, the old pull your shoulders back and stand up straight. It's, it's just pasted on up here. We're looking for a different kind of uprightness. So as you bring your attention to your feet. Yeah. And then more specifically, the bottoms of your feet. and the bottoms of your feet and how and where they meet the ground. Just paying attention to that. You'll see certain parts of your foot are settled. Other parts are like, ah, get me out of here kind of feeling. And just being aware. Yeah, again, something just shifted right there. And then what's obvious is that the ground is under you but it's not so obvious that the ground is under you in a supportive way. So see what happens as you, in this moment, allow the ground to support you, whatever that means to you. There's no wrong way to do it. Yes, and your spine just lengthened a tiny bit on its own. And your head came up a bit, yeah. And now that support from the ground, which has already somewhat happened. You, do you feel a little bit more length in your whole system? Yes. Yes. And that's more, I'm in myself, I'm here. So we talk it through a little more. The support from the ground now comes through your ankles. Your ankles are free enough to receive the support. Yep. And then travels up to your knees, free enough to receive the support. That's it. And your hip joints free enough to receive the support. 
And so the major joints in your legs and then up through your lower torso, your middle torso, your upper torso, your shoulders, ribs. Yeah, there's your breath, your arms. Your arms are supported from the ground. No need to pull your shoulders back. Just allow them to move and be supported. And up through your neck and your head. And then looking around from the support from the ground. Yes. Yes. What did that hmm say? It was a different um, feeling in my body. Your, your voice is different also. Yeah, it's slower now. It's a little quieter. Mm -hmm. Has a little less charge to it in a way. A little more resonance. Yeah, which I noticed in you when you, we first started talking, I, I noticed how different our how different we were in our uh -huh. Uh -huh. in our orientation. Yeah. And it it's subtle though, but it's yeah, we're subtle beings. Ah, I'm glad to hear that because I think that's, I'm gonna sit down if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think uh, I've been anything but subtle in my life. It's, I've been curt, I've been brash, I've been feisty. Which is wonderful, all of them. But you also want the other parts too, right? Well, if I want to feel supported, I mean, that's like a that's a slowing down or a I don't I don't know what to call it, but it's it's a different speed than I'm used to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just to be clear, you can you can you can do it running. You can do you know you can every when you run every step. I'm supported. I'm supported. I'm supported. So it, it's but it, but I know what you mean. It's an inner. It's an inner slowness that's that can be done fast. It sounds weird, but it can. And I also just want to point out, Fritzi, that I really appreciate that you're um, you're being the interviewer, but you're also the subject. You know, you're also willing to explore the material. So anybody who watches this gets gets a sense of. Um, the reality of it or how it works or how it can work. I thank you. I, I just want people to be able to start grasping what I'm starting to grasp. It's, it's kind of my journey through prison is my own journey. Of course, it's the same hero's journey. It's every hero's journey. Right. right. And the thing is, you know, back to the prison is that I can do this in any moment in prison, you know, um, when something happens, say somebody, which I know goes on, uh, sort of tempts me to fight or to, you know, threatens me and my immediate reaction, you know, from the, fight or flight kind of defensive brain is going to go, you know, and if I took a moment to come in touch with my support, I, I might make a different response. I might not, but I might. And I think to have that a lit any moment or any place in your day where there's a, a moment of choice or freedom kind of freedom an inner freedom um because nobody can take that away from you even in prison they can't take away your choice of how you respond nobody can ever take that away they can take a lot of stuff but that's yours or mine well and the irony is that 
they say it's a choice of how they respond that got them into prison. So, you know, when you're in fight or flight, there's very little choice going on. Exactly, exactly. That's the, the program that's been set. And of course the trauma work is how to change the program or in what I was talking about before in the actor's secret, how to change my role, you know, all the world's a stage, all the men and women merely players. How do I change the role I play? You know, most of us are caught in a very specific pattern of roles, habitual patterns. They're strong. Our patterns are strong. No question about it. But all the neuroscience, the neuroplasticity and stuff, it's like, it, they're strong, but there, there's, there's ways. <laughs> yes, there are new pathways we can create in the brain and we can cast ourselves in a new part. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of like to think of, you know, I'm obviously not a scientist, but I'm more visual. The brain has got all these like um, pathways, these fissures, these, you know, in it. And when we do the same thing over and over again, that little pathway just gets carved out more and more and more and more. And then when I'm sort of what we call sort of working on myself or something, there's a choice and I go to another pathway and another pathway then, oh, this will do this one and this one. And the more I do the other one, the less carved out that old one, you know, another one gets uh, introduced into my repertoire. Right, so the support exercise you just demonstrated with me, that's a new pathway. That's exactly, exactly. Or sometimes today I say, uh, I switch my channel. I just turn the channel. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it just, the idea that we can start changing our channels in, in prison. We don't have to be the person that we decided we were. Um, or someone else decided we were, right? Well, and I would say it's probably a combination because yes. it's a reaction to the world that was presented to us. True, absolutely true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, but we can have a new world presented to us in our own interpretation of it, right? Right, yeah, yeah. The world will be the same, but we can change who we are. Right, or they say, you know, change the glasses that you see through kind of right. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's, uh, it's so rich. Uh, and I just wanted to say what I noticed about you, like the minute I made an adjustment just at the very beginning of our call and throughout the whole thing, it's like you have, you can see inside me, you can see the shift and where does that come from? It's, it's, it's like superpower or something. I was like, how does she know? How does she know I just shift? How did she know? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, I think um, I, on, on a simple level, I, I, my eyes are quite trained. My senses are quite trained. There's a resonance that I'm trained to pick up. And I think on some level I have, you know, I think we all come in with a, a, a bend in a certain direction, you know, so I think I came in with some of that, but I have a lot of training, you know, and I've been doing this work for 45 years. So, you know, in, in that, in that sense, um, and I care about people. I care about you in this moment. I care that, you know, when you had the moment of support, you took a breath. So I, so my system gets to go, oh, she took a breath. That's so wonderful. Like, let's, I'm going to mention it and tell her that I see, because then you're being seen. You know, that's an issue that, of course, we all have of not being, none of us were seen or, you know, in the way. And so in this moment of beauty and coordination or coherence with the the organization of yourself that you know your system opened i want to share that with you so part of it's selfish i guess i want us to share that moment 
And I want you to know that I see you and I want you to know that it's possible for you. And so that's in there. I could tell you another, an, in, an interesting story around that if you wanna hear one. Um, before I started teaching at Berkeley College of Music, uh, a, a colleague of mine called me and wasn't feeling well. And she asked, this was early on in my teaching and asked me, could you substitute teach for me? I'm at Berkeley. Um, I'm teaching a, a, a class on vocal with, for singers with the Alexander Technique. And I said, sure, I've always loved music. I, you know, I, I could do that. And so I started working with uh, somebody, it was a female. And I first did the uh, sort of regular Alexander stuff, you know, sort of a little bit of what she sang, well, she, a little bit of different positioning. And then something very interesting happened. This was interesting personally for me, was that once she basically changed her physicality, which changed her emotional affect and her thinking and her spiritual, you know, the whole self, the, the music emanated out from her. I could hear exactly what her sound vibration was going to be before she sang. And then she sang and it was like, that's it. Wow. So to me, that says that, you know, we have a certain density or vibration or frequency and it's in us, in the air around us, and then becomes material that, you know, we can hear. Again, back to the song, but also it doesn't matter, or the writing or just the words, just the expression of who we are is, but you, you kind of grok that it was the true, it was the true expression, right? That's I what happened. So. Yeah, I think more, that it's more the authentic self and less of the adaptive self. Yes, do you, um, can you talk about that with developmental trauma or is that is? Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's I, 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 again, all of these concepts to me are, are in a way, I, I narrow them down to simplicity in, in the sense that, you know, when we're young, we have, um, needs and we have a need we have the attachable the two needs two basic needs are the attachment need and the authenticity need and to be the attachment need is to be held like we were talking about to be held to be nurtured to belong to stay protected and the authenticity need is well, I like to do it this way and now I'm angry or now I'm happy and I wanna feel this and this is what's going on for me. And so, and that's also the gut feeling. The gut feeling is that's my authentic, you know, I know I don't wanna do that. You know, it's, it's a gut feeling. And so often when we're young, the authenticity gets put on the back burner because we need to maintain the attachment. So if I'm really, I wanna do this, this or that, and my parents say, no, you're not gonna do that. I have to go with what they say because I have to live in their house. They have to feed me. I have to behave a certain way to maintain that attachment. So in that moment, the authenticity or in our conversation that my song gets quelched, if that's a quell, if that's a word. Squelched, yes. Squelched, right, yes. And so 
you know, later in life, I realize all my behavior or quite a bit of it is going for the attachment. We all do it so much. I, you know, I'm obviously older and have been through a bit of life and I'll see myself do it. I say, I just went for the attachment. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And then I, I'm like, well, I, for whatever reason in that moment, I, that's what I had to do. Well, I'm still doing that just to, you know, let people know that it's not, I don't think it ever ends. You know, I think. Yeah. I mean, how many dates have I gone on <laughs> where I was not myself? I was going for the attachment, trying totally. to connect. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. That's why I said we don't want our listeners to think that, oh, because she's interviewing and, and she's being interviewed that they have it like all together and, you know, <laughs> we're done. That's not true at all. So but it's recognizing it now, you know, I never would have recognized that a long time, you know, a while ago, but now it's like, whoa, okay. And I think the more we recognize it, the closer we are to being able to have a choice in that moment. Because I think the way these things work is that when something goes a little off, I can now, after it happened, I can say, oh, that happened and then further down the road while it's happening i can say oh this is happening i'm not liking this and then further down the road i can detect well this might happen so i'm going to head that off even before it happens so there's you know yes and it's wisdom right we start yeah we start seeing our own patterns like oh that doesn't work for me anymore Exactly, exactly. And that's so applicable to the prison system. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but I also think that when we're in fight or flight, which to me is like a state of attachment in a sense. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, physically, I think our cortex and our prefrontal cortex is our authentic self, but we've got to get there. Right. Right. We want that. Now, this is another interesting thing. Some, you know, some of the phrases are, you know, get to the cortex, get to the cortex kind of thing. <laughs> and that's true. But again, I'm always going to add to it. Well, you need some movement and some breath also. I'm always going to like say, it's not just get to the cortex and think, you know, that's an important part of it. But the muscular, musculoskeletal and respiratory system are often caught in that other. And I like to sort of bring them along a little bit. And I think that that's important also. So let's do another simple exercise or, Please. you know, can be simple. So just maybe take, take your hand and just let it notice where the resting position is, where it's not really open, it's not really closed. Just open, notice where your resting position is without you doing anything. And then from there, go where the, well, the inclination to close is. So from here, just closing and feeling the tightening or constricting into basically a fist, right? And just noticing that. And then letting your hand open, slowly open, and just see what happens as your hand fully opens as, as much as it possible. You see how that happens for you. Yeah. And then let's go back to the constriction. And this time, notice what happens in your body. Notice what happens in the rest of you as your hand constricts. Notice what happens in your gut or your feet. 
your breath, feeling that fist and that tightening, notice, yeah. And then go back to the expansion. Yeah. And notice what happens in your body as you're going into that expansion. Yeah. The shoulders just moved. Yeah. Your head is nodding. Yeah. And there. And let's do just one. Yeah, you're smiling. <laughs> Pretty different. Do one more round of emotion. So you're closing. What's the emotion? What's the emotion as you close? What's the feeling aspect of the mm, in my ah, fist? And then go back to the opening. And just notice as even the process of opening, what's the emotion? What's the aspect, the affect? What does it feel like in the rest of me? Am I more inclined to look around my room and feel my support or, and the opening and the breath? Yeah. And we can leave it at that. that was, yeah, that was, I, I, I was, first of all, we did this at the Gabor. Yes. I, I did it right. Yeah. Yes, but I wasn't in, engaged, so this was the first time I felt what you were trying to get because okay. I was resistant to some of your work, which I, which to me was a sign that I, I got to get into her work. Right. Right. Um, but this one, I really felt the, the polarity of the of the, of the constriction and the release, but in the holding, and the opening. Yes. Yeah. That's why I say, you know, often when I introduce this, I say this is a fairly simple, I mean, it is opening, closing your hands, kind of simple compared to, you know, like playing tennis or whatever, you know, but, but the, the process of expansion and contraction is such, again, I keep going, it's a universal force. Expansion and contraction is happening all the time on so many levels. And it's supposed to be happening. Sometimes we do contract. Sometimes we do feel like that. And that's fine. It's not that we never want to be that way. You know, it's not always everything's wonderful. It's not like that. That's not the reality. It, well, it's, not, it's not real. It's not true. Right. Even just breathing, it's expanding and contracting. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, there was such a difference in your breath in both places. Yeah, there was a holding and a release. And I think, you know, I think one of those keys is getting into relationship with the rhythms of life and the rhythms of ourselves and allowing for all of them. But in, in prison, we focus on one part of it and we're not allowing for the other part. So there's... Exactly. It's, yeah. it's moving into that. Um, there's another quote that I heard on another podcast that I want to read sure. that was just that you, that's in, in Humanual. You think of yourself as whole unless you are misinformed enough to think that you are not whole. In the physical realm, when your arm hurts, you think that you're fine other than a little discomfort there. You're neglecting cons to consider that your arm is a part of your whole body self. And your whole body self is working in a pattern that includes a hurt arm. And it's so typical of America to objectify the body and say, this is wrong. Right, right. When it's, it's actually something else is going on throughout the body. There's probably yeah. a bigger issue. Exactly. And for me, the, one of the interesting things is the place where the difficulty shows up is often not the root of the thing. And most of us think like, oh, it's this, but it's like, that's just a symptom. It's not the real thing. And it's very deceiving 
you know, right. but very exciting in a way to, to explore. Or I should say, I find it exciting. <laughs> but you say that you will think of yourself as whole and unless you are misinformed. Right. Because and, we're whole. Right, but most people are misinformed. Our, our culture, the, the society, the way it's set up is pretty misinforming given the reality or the truth of our human potential. You know, it doesn't, society, there's a lot of ways that things are set up that just don't um, suit us. Even, you know, I had to make a phone call to some uh, utility and they have you on hold for like, you know, it's like, it's maddening. You know, it's like, there's no, and then it's a machine and it's, there's no, nobody to talk to and it's not human is, well, here I got this problem and nobody, you know, I won't go on about that, but it, that's part of the issue is that our, our surroundings are not fostering our humanness. That's why, that's why I wrote, that's why I wrote Humanual. So um, basically our humanness won't get lost in, in the shuffle here. Right. Uh, the, the company has forgotten to support you. Um, and that's, I think that's where we started this conversation was in support. And it's also though, I think part of our obligation, since we're being supported by the universe, by the planet, by the earth, by each other, is also to give support. Yes. Yes. And that's missing a lot in our society too. Yeah. That's why it's so beautiful that you, you know, you do the work that you're doing. You're supporting a population that sort of doesn't really get supported and need, needs support and deserves support. And by extension, you are as well now. You're supporting us. And, and all the work you're doing is also supporting the planet as well because yeah. you're making yeah. people able to function. And I think that's the other part is reminding, you're reminding people who they really are. Right. That's the authenticity, the, authentic, the authentic self, or what I refer to the expanded self. You know, the more you open to, on, on some level, the opening is more, like we were saying before, the song gets sung. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your, um, for helping us find our song. Mm. And uh, I think this conversation will go into the prisons and I think that it'll be very valuable for them. And I just, on behalf of them and myself, I really want to thank you for your time and your, your wisdom and, and for your Humanuel, your, your beautiful book. And we're creating a compassion library. And I would like to um, include this in our, in our library so they can do some of the exercises in there Totally, and I, I would um, I would love to donate a bunch of books to go to prison if, if that if you do that kind of thing. Um, I, I would love to do that. And it's absolutely my pl pleasure to be singing these songs with you. and and um, thank you for inviting me to be to be part of this very, very important um, aspect of our society that's uh, needs attention. So. Thank you again, Betsy. Thank, Thank you. you, Betsy, I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Betsy Politan. What a wise and insightful woman and such great knowledge about how to get support from the planet and from each other. Such a reminder and such a, such a possibility for all of us to support each other and to seek out support. If you enjoyed this video and podcast, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast and video. And please go to our website at compassionprisonproject.org. 
please check out Step Inside the Circle if you haven't seen it. And if you have, please share it with your friends so we can spread the word about childhood trauma and begin the conversation. Thank you so much for watching.